Hello and welcome to episode five of Equilibrium Thinking Riding with me. I'm Nick Fox and her over there, she is... I'm Jo Cullen. Hi, everyone. And here we are again for another episode. Am I good enough for my horse? Hmm. Now there's an interesting one. I think we've all been there. Joe. I think you've definitely been there. We've had those discussions, haven't absolutely, we? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have We have that sense. You look at the horse with yourself and you just think the horse is, is great, is out there, is capable of a badminton tomorrow. And here's me, you know, struggling with my rising trot. Yeah. We uh, have, do you know, we well, do you know what? I think as well, this is where people go out, they buy a horse and it's the perfect horse. And we, we all like to think our horse is the next Velecro or London 52 or something like that, you know. And are they really, you know, this is what we have to sort of unpick as well as part of this, I think. That's the first thing on my list, believe it or not. Is, is your horse a badminton horse? Maybe with the right training and the time. But what you don't realise is that'll take, you know, five, six, seven years. If you just got the horse... There's no chance of even Laura Collett taking it to badminton tomorrow because it might not understand the question being asked of it. But let's start with the basics. Mm-hmm. Are you good enough for your horse? Well, firstly, what does the horse tell you? I mean, we, we all know Joe's horse tells her quite regularly that I'm doing what I want and I'm the boss and you're the servant. We, we <laughs> she, hear this one. She is improving, Nick. She is improving. Is she what? She's only ordering three meals a day instead of five now, is she? Yeah, she's 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 at the point where she, 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 she'll she tolerate you riding her for a good two and a half hours unless you're not putting anything wrong. Not doing anything wrong. You, you you have to not 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 press any of the wrong buttons and she's quite happy then. It's very much a case of humans tolerated then, is it? Absolutely. <laughs> well, that's the first step. She tolerates you. So... If your horse is tolerant and you've not walked up to it and it's not lunged at you with its ears back and bitten you, you're already good enough because it's accepted you. You know, you are, it's too late. However, well, let's go back to the things, the, the basics of horses, the instincts and the nature. What do horses actually need? It's always a good question. And you get people that have sort of studied things like Pirelli and things like that, and they'll come out with a whole load of, whole load of stuff about how horses think and act. I'm going to go to even more basic than that. The horse needs water. Mm-hmm. About, what, 15 to 20 gallons a day, something like that. I mean, if you've ever mucked out a mare's stable, you'll know how much water they need by the amount of wet bedding left in the darn thing. And if you've ever carried the water as well, you'll you'll know more than most people. The horse needs something to eat. So has it got good grass? Is it getting the right food? Are you giving it the right supplements? How many hay nets a day are you filling? Joe, that's probably about 17 for you, is it not? <laughs> Does no, it just feel like it? Well, no, well, actually, at the moment, because she's she's on she's she's on um, summer grazing, and she tends to balloon in the summer. So she's literally I know the feeling her, out in her field with small amounts of grass, enough, and that's it. That's all she gets. I've ballooned, but mine came happy. out of a bottle. <laughs> that's the only problem. So she's already getting plenty of food. There's plenty of water in the field for her. There's a bucket in the field or a stream or a drinker or something in the field for her, yeah? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Then you're already winning. This is the thing. And what it's important to remember, of course, is that a lot of the, most of the diet of the horse needs to be something foragey like hay, haylage, grass, things like that. Mm-hmm. Hard feeds all well and good. Supplements, you know, if they've got laminitis, don't give them too much sugar or put them on long grass. That's fine. As long as the body condition, the weight and the outward health of the horse looks okay, you're doing all right so, so far. Now, is she is she out there with other horses? Can she see, talk to other horses? 
So my horse goes out, so she's very interesting, my mare. She um, she likes geldings a lot. Um, she's quite a flirt, actually. I was going to say. Um, yeah, she definitely likes the boys. Um, with mares, she thinks every mare is a rival. She's a bit like one of those ghastly 19-year-old um, girls plastered in makeup at the, at the nightclub. Definitely reminds she, me of an ex. She she is uh, she wants to pour gin and tonic over the other mare's heads. Um, so every mare is a rival. We have single sex turnout as most yards do. So she stays on her own. She has boys to look at, boys in the next in the next door fields, and she's perfectly happy like that. So Quite happy, fluttering her eyelids. Exactly. As long as she's got horses around her, she's perfectly happy. How the other mares? Mm, not such a good idea. But we've ticked the box. Companionship. They're herd animals. They want to see, talk to other horses. Even if that other horse is the world's worst enemy and it's another mare and it must immediately have have our ears put back at it and it becomes a biting offence, you know, they're still engaging in that herd Mm behaviour. That's what they Mm -hmm. do in the wild. Absolutely fine. And trees, somewhere to hide from the sun, the wind, the rain, a nice stable maybe. Do, Mm -hmm. Do we tick that box? Yeah, we tick that box. So already you're good enough for your horse. You've mm-hmm. ticked all the basics. Good vet, looking after her feet. Yeah. Yeah. And she actually, she has a wonderful, I won't give her name because it's advertising. I have a wonderful, we don't mind. wonderful, um, uh, wonderful, well, I, I'll have to, <laughs> have to dig it out because I've forgotten it. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have a wonderful osteopath who comes once every six months, gives her a wonderful treatment. She falls asleep with the bliss of being uh, manipulated and that just stretches everything out and makes sure everything's in good working order. Um, and that's a little bit of a treat, really. Not totally required, but she enjoys it. And that's my little investment once every six months. And don't tell me the human doesn't get any of that. You well, spend human, more on it for the horse. No, the human actually has long conversations with the osteopath about her human clients and how to sort out their mental health. Um, and if I've got any tweaks or twinges, I get a bit of free uh, input into those as well. So God, well, It's, it's, it's all right for some, is it? Do you know what? Not only is the horse spoiled, it sounds like you are as well. You Absolutely. can see where we're going with this. The basic needs of a horse are not you riding it in a specific way. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really, as long as you're Letting it be a horse, it's getting enough to eat and drink, it's getting the care it needs, it's getting the supplements, the vitamins, the minerals it needs. Work sort of comes last on the list, really. I mean, we both know, we all know that horses can survive without being worked. What about retired horses? You know, young horses, they're not worked all the while. They work themselves by flying around the field at 300 miles an hour and jumping fences, but won't go there. You know, work is one form of enrichment. It's not as important as the herd instinct seeing other horses, talking to other horses. Of course, it's important to, you know, work with your horse and give it some affection and some love. I mean, we all like that, don't we? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But how you're working that horse and whether you're good enough for that horse on that level and doing it justice is, is not one of the primary health requirements of that horse. So already you've given the horse everything he or she needs. The next step is the work. And if you're not, you know, you think you're not doing the horse justice or you could do better, that's when you call someone like me. Because we come along and we, we tell you what you can do better with the horse and how they're responding. And it may be that you know how horses should feel, but it may be that you can't see what you're doing from, from all the way out there and you just need a pair of eyes on the ground. But again, you know, it, it starts off from a point of coming at this from, well, actually, I am good enough for this horse because I'm caring for him, her, looking after a healthy, happy you know, vitality, shiny coat, 
running through the fields like my lovely horse on Father Ted. So you were already good enough for that horse mm. just by the very fact you're caring for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In terms of the actual riding, you know, there's, there's various things we can do. We can stand there and drill you. We can stand there and be nice to you, whatever. We, we take it in building blocks as instructors. But the important thing is to start off from a point of realising that you're doing the basics good enough. Because otherwise you're not going to understand that you can do anything else good enough, as far as I can sort of see. This is where I come at it when I'm teaching and I know... Joe, you'll probably agree with me. If, if you get the basics right, you've got a good foundation to build on from the point of view of working with that horse and the things that you've already done. Mm-hmm. It's going to put your mind in the right place for going further. So once yeah. you get on the horse, you already know, well, actually, do you know what? The horse likes me. I'm good enough. I've kept he, him, her alive. So now's the next step. How do we work him, her better? And then sort of I come along and shout at you or talk nicely to you, depending on what style you need. <laughs> And then Joe's going to come along and say, well, that's all very well and good, but you've got to get your mind in the right place. And that's what we're going to talk about now. We've got the mind in the right place with the basics from my side as an instructor, from a horse side. You're looking after the horse properly. The horse is happy and healthy. Then where do we go with that? Yeah, no, I think thanks, Nick. So I think that, I mean, and I'm I'm talking a little bit from, from personal experience here as well, that, you know, we sometimes think, am I, am I doing enough? Am I getting enough progress? You know, I've been, gosh, I've been practicing dressage now for two and a half weeks and I'm still not at medium. How come that's, that's not working? You know, we we give ourselves ludicrous um, expectations, which we're we're never going to live up to. So, so, or I think I think generally it is it is useful for most riders, but not all, to have some kind of objectives, to have some kind of sense of you know I would like to improve, and some people don't. You know I, I know many happy hackers who get on their horse three times a week, um, go out around badminton, go around the block, do whatever they want, and have a lovely time. But if you're the sort of person who wants to set objectives, you know I I would say there are there are three things to think about when you're when you're riding your horse it does not matter if on a particular day you're not making bags of progress it does not mean that you are not good enough firstly as we all know progress is not linear you know we're going to go two steps forward one back we're going to have a great week and a bad week we're going to have a horse in a bad mood one day we're going to have a horse doesn't just doesn't feel like it we've all experienced that so don't expect linear progress secondly always think you know of one little thing we're trying to improve each time we ride do some stuff for fun do some stuff for interest and think this time I would like to make some progress in this area not in the next hour I'm going to I'm going to get I'm going to go from complete basics to counter pirouettes because it's not going to happen can I just so, pick up on that a second Joe yeah. as well I, I get a lot of comments when I'm schooling horses for people that well you were only on it for 25 minutes however if you can achieve one small improvement in that 25 minutes and the horse and you are happy end it on a good note don't just keep Absolutely. whacking away at it for an hour because i also think well you've got what you want <laughs> why are we still doing this <laughs> you know little bits of progress are a lot mm-hmm. better than huge leaps because you're, you're never going to do it Completely. sorry carry on no. no and the other thing and, and that's a really important point and the other side of that coin and something that i'm very very um you know, I'm, I'm very bad at sometimes, and my instructor's always telling me off, is that, you know, if you're working on one particular thing, 
keep working at it because it will come. You know, I sometimes go into school and I think, well, I'm going to try that. Oh, it's not working. I'm going to try that. And third, no, it's not working. I'll try that third thing. Well, then you achieve nothing. So sometimes you want that one, you know, you literally want better right rain flexion. That's what you want. Don't think after five minutes, haven't got it move on to rain back, haven't got it, move on to, uh, you know, move on to... You're just to... confusing the hell out of the horse if exactly. you start doing that. And exactly. not, you'll start to get the horse all het yeah. up yeah. Yeah. and not get anywhere because it'll get angry with you, you'll exactly. get fed up with it, and then it all just ends up in a fight. And so you're, you're, you're onto the flying change, you're onto blah, 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 and you've achieved nothing. So just keep going. Be very clear. I want that bit of right rain flexion. Hasn't got to be amazing, but that's what I'm after. Get that. And as, as Nick said, you know, you might think, okay, we'll now go on to something else. Or you might just think, that's fine for today. It's taken 20 minutes, 25 minutes. That's good for, 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 for today. So um, I think it's helpful to, sometimes we think of PAN, P-A-N, as, as a good little acronym for improvement. Um, you know, it is, it's personal to me and my horse. doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. It's achievable. That's really important. It's achievable in a, you know, in, in a time framework that I can envisage. And it meets my and my horse's needs in, in, in terms of where are we up to when we start and where are we going to be that little tiny bit forward at the end of this. P-A-N. So personal, achievable and, and meets our needs. Terribly important. Um, you know, and the other thing is that an awful lot of people, remember a lot of people listening to this, you know, we will be primarily um, riders who are there doing it for fun. Uh, we are, we are, we're leisure riders. And this is our hobby. And so, you know, we really don't need to set ourselves these enormous great walls to, to scale. We just need to be having fun um, and to making those little bits of progress that, 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 that give us that, that confidence. Um, and, and this thing about, you know, the, the, the theme of today then is all about, am I good enough? We will feel good enough. You know, we will feel good enough if we are making these little bits of progress because that's what it's all about. These will, these will, build confidence and we can shift our attitude to actually I'm okay not you know I'm this my horse is amazing and I'm and I'm not um, and as Nick rightly said it's not about it's not about meeting some spurious random needs that we've invented for the horse it's about giving them the basics that they need and having fun with the horse exactly well you know it's no point trying to go up to advanced medium dressage if you're never going to go to a competition and take that horse on a hack or you're just going to gallop it around whatever hills around your area and enjoy yourself there's no point trying to do you know canter pirouette piaf just it's pointless don't do it don't keep making your life hell and i think you sort of summed, summed it up with um, pan one of the most important lessons I've ever had in horses wasn't anything to do with riding. And I think I might have told this story on here before. It was from an eventer called Lisa Spence, sort of down Essex way. And I was, I was blatting around on this lovely horse of hers, an eventer. And she said, just remember, come at this with your own agenda. You do you. Stuff what everybody else thinks. And I thought that was such a profound thing. It stuck with me ever since. And I used to have massive hang-ups about looking good and, and all this. I mean, even with my face being the perfect face for radio and all of that. But in that instant, that, that one little sentence, that one little aside that came out of nowhere, mm. that, that changed everything as far as I was concerned. 
And I think now when, when I get writing clients that come to me and go, well, how does it look? Is it any good? And, you know, what, what's it going to look like if I do this, that and the other? Who cares? Go out, enjoy. It's a blooming expensive hobby. You're doing this for fun. You're not doing this for competition. Yeah, OK, I've got competition clients. That's fine. We, we work to a level. But a lot of my clients have just sort of got back on the horse after a few years or they've bought something and it's a bit mad or they just want somebody who's going to come along and go, right, change this, change that. Look, how does that feel? The horse feels happier. You look happier and it's going much better. You do you. It's important. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I agree, Nick. I agree. And then as, as part of that, you know, as soon as you lose this hang up of, well, what, what does everybody else on the yard think? Stuff them. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say is who cares you know yeah. you're riding for you if other people want to be ringside instructors well that's entirely up to them you don't have to listen to them if you don't want to however they might be saying something valid are they a qualified instructor probably not we all know if you're on a livery yard Joe what a livery yard's like uh, interesting Nick interesting. yes mm. but perhaps we could explore I think that's probably one of our other episodes in future is how to cope with being on a livery yard, yeah isn't it? interesting lots of lots of interesting interpersonal relationships shall we say it did have somebody recently actually who moved yards from a private yard and was faced with the prospect of, of going into a livery and was dreading it managed to we managed to find them between as a, a space on a, a professional racing yard on a pre-training yard that also did livery and the amount of stress that that caused when they thought they were having to, going to have to go to a livery yard and have comments made at them by everybody. Mm. And there's a whole difference between being surrounded by a bunch of professionals who sort of view it as it's their business. We make small bits of progress. It's a bit like if you're, I don't know, if you're trading stocks and shares, you don't go out and make a million quid in a day. It's not going to happen. Same as you don't go and get on a horse and go from rising trots a struggle to advanced medium in one less is never going to happen whatever your goal is you've got to work at it for a while right absolutely yeah yeah and i think part of that as well you know realizing that it's you do you doing your own thing you're immediately going to feel more confident if you don't think you're being judged by every other person who walks past that arena or more to the point if you don't care whether you're being judged by every other person who walks past that arena. And a lot of it we know comes past sort of self-esteem and, and coping and, you know, maybe, and, and I'm one of these people, so I can say it, I, I watch myself ride and I can pick it to pieces, not only as an instructor, but just because it's me. And I think we all do that. But again, you, you've got to learn to block out the things that, that don't matter, like other people's opinions that you're not paying for. Let's just say that one. Yeah, Joe, yeah. any any strategies for dealing with those? I've rather sprung that on you, I appreciate. Um what other people's I mean I, I think I think it's a question of, you know, as as Nick said at the beginning, the most important thing is is my horse's is my horse's needs no, are my horse's needs being met? So really important, you know, the 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 the, the forage, the the shelter, the blah blah blah. So the basics. Okay, so we tick that box. I think we have to think in very personal terms, you know, rather than worrying about this mirror the whole time, other people. And and it's a question of just thinking about our own experience with the horse and thinking um from a past point of view, a present and a future. And I would I would have these three questions one is have I had fun today have I not necessarily you know ha ha blissful sitting on a beach with a pina colada fun have I have Does I sound had good, though. 
it does sound good. Have I had a good session with my horse? Be it 20 minutes, be it an hour, whatever. Be it a hack, you know. It may be that we get on, we think, you know what, I just fancy a hack today. So have I had a positive experience with my horse? Secondly, can I look back and think of something where I've made improvement? And we all can. But think, always remember that we are we are making improvement. You know, even if we're a happy hacker and we're just going out there, we might have improved that we're more confident. We see a stray dog, we feel more confident. Our horse is more happy being passed by tractors. So think about past with our horse, how I made some improvement. Yep. Am I happy in the moment? And do I have something that I would like to aim towards and it's purely that it's aiming towards me and my horse what's right for us so having these this this kind of timeline thing takes us away from fixation on other people as mirror and focuses on on this one relationship we have with our own animal I like that. That works for me. It's, I, I just had the vision of horse eating bins on this hack, actually, as being the progress and getting past. Because <laughs> we all know they eat horses or they contain trolls. And even if you've had an absolute pants ride, which we all have from day to day, the horse just doesn't want to go past something or we go in the school and apparently a leaf dares to move. Doesn't care about the tractor. The horse just cares about the leaf that's, that's dared to move without permission. Try and look at that from the point of view of, well, actually... You know, where have I where have I been in the past with this? It may be that every time the horse decided it didn't like that bush, you've ended up on the deck. Today you stayed on. You win. Don't worry what anybody else thinks that you've been sat there bouncing around on this poor horse that's jumped sideways. You stayed on. It's still progress, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's all attitudinal, isn't it? It's all a question of am I going to focus on 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 the fails um on the glass half empty or am i going to fail on the uh, focus on the wins and the glass half full and we and we ultimately have that choice and that choice needs to be the latter for heaven's sake choose the latter don't don't get off and go oh the horse was a pain in the butt i was useless no you stayed on this time that's still progress and uh, as somebody's fallen off more than their fair share of horses having spent eight years riding racehorses in ireland Staying on is an achievement. Trust me, well, the day I learned to stay on and not end up in hospital, mm. that was that was always a good thing. <laughs> and, you know, somebody said to me um, fairly recently, and I thought this was this was apt as well. You know, we often talk about, oh, I'm so-and-so will say, oh, I'm just a happy hacker. I just go down and I... Well, you're I not just anything, are you? But actually, um, actually, people who go out regularly and hack their horses and deal with open spaces, deal with tractors, deal with terribly, terribly scary bins that are in the wrong position, um, deal with pillar boxes, deal with uh, stray dogs that are wanting to weave in and out of the horse's legs. You know, that is a tremendously skilled um, skilled art of riding, actually being able to navigate hacks successfully. So it, it, should, never be, it should never be put down as a, a, a lower form of riding. I, th- I think that's important to realise as well. I tell a lot of my clients that go, well, I just hack with them, really. Well, you've you've already won the battle because these days, if you leave the yard, it doesn't matter where you end up. You need nerves of steel to go yeah. on a hack. You know, tractors, cars, cyclists, dogs, you know, they're, they're all horse eating things, according to the horse. Mm. I mean, you might be lucky. You might have a horse that just doesn't care. 
they're very few and far between. You're very lucky if you have, you know. Yeah. I, I have a horse that um that thinks that she's she's fine. Literally, you could you you could you could fly low low level jets over her head about ten feet. She's absolutely fine. If she sees the end of a log, the cut end of a log in front of her, then that really does. Does it need contain to be... does it contain gremlins? It contains gremlins and really scary things about to shoot her any second, and she she quivers, she quivers and 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 wants to nap, but doesn't nap, and so she's getting more used to doing it. But it's still a fairly terrifying thing to do. And from it's, where you're sat, that's probably taken a fair bit of absolutely nerve for you to sit there and go, uh, Missy, not likely, get on with it. Absolutely, but yeah. And, and there you go. So this is this also, you know, is a wonderful way of developing that understanding with your horse. The horse is going, I'm frightened of this. You're saying, no need. Trust me, we can get past it. A wonderful way of developing a relationship with a horse. Which actually brings us nicely onto what we're going to talk about in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Pre-ride nerves. Is there a tree... <laughs> That you don't like going past every time and you get a head up before you get on the horse. Does this sound like you? The next episode is for you in that case. Your stories also welcome. Thinking.riding at podbod.co.uk. Do let us know as well if you're up for coming on because we'll get you on and we'll we'll do some some talky talky with you and we'll try and unpick your situation. If you're happy for the world to hear it, we're happy to do it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Absolutely. And and Nick, just before we finish, I I um I've been racking my brains for the last 15 minutes. I've remembered my osteopath's name now. If I can do a quick plug. Go for it. Amazing. Do it. Do it. So her name is Danielle Gad. And um, I think she comes up from the Dorset area or something, but she definitely covers Gloucestershire. Totally wonderful. Um, Danielle Gad, recommended hugely. There you go. You see, and um, no doubt the, the checks in the post for that one, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> or, or the free massage or cracking. I'll tell you what, if she gives you a free one, I've got a back that needs cracking. It's called mine. It's been stuffed for years. I'll let her know, Nick. I'll let her know. There we go. You see, done. Episode six, the next one, pre-ride nerves. Do join us next time. Joe. it's been lovely as always. We'll do it again soon. Look forward to it, Nick. Thank you. Time, time for a large um, a large gin for both of us. That's, a, that's the so. tradition when we've done this one. Absolutely. Equilibrium Thinking Riding is a PodBod original production for flourishing.org.uk and thefreelancegroup.com.